Where do you think Lori Laughlin got all that money to bribe USC? We watched In the Line of Duty, Blaze of Glory, which means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen. If you thought you had seen it all. And a fake beard. How do you know the beard was fake? My eight-year-old son just played Abe Lincoln at Stevenson Elementary, and his beard was a lot better than this guy's. Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workhoven. I am joined, as always, by Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm doing really well. This is a fun movie. Yes, yes. And also, of course, by Brian, the Unipiper Kid. How are you, Brian? Doing good. I was just sad that there was no laugh track at the end of that intro. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we watched the 1997 television movie In the Line of Duty semicolon no no regular full colon oh full colon the the copy that i have here is a as a blaze of glory blaze of glory which is a confusing title but then as we kind of looked into it we found that this was a series of tv movies yeah do you know anything more than that like were they the same character the same I swear I read it at some point, but I could not find it again. But they are all movies that are based on a true story and deal with um, like uh, crime cases. True crime. Tr- uh, true, true crime. crime true crime. Oh, interesting. So this was a true story. True story oh, you did not realize? Took no. place in <sighs> Chicago, Illinois, which yes, is I why knew. it's so Chicago. It is, this is this the most Portland <laughs> Chicago ever. This this also might be the most true movie that I've ever seen because I, I read up on the real story. Yeah. Oh, wow. And they follow the details to a T. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe this is changing my mind a little bit more about this movie. Yeah, which, there were, there I mean, were some things that did not make sense and little subplots that got dropped and never mentioned again, but it, it's all true. Wow. And I, I feel like this is the most Portland visual movie, especially Portland of the 90s. Ever. Every single thing that was here in the 90s was showcased in this, this movie. Might it's amazing. Be, this might have more Portland footage in it than almost any movie. Like most of my notes, which I forgot at home, um, were just my sidebar of like all of the locations. They are all over, which is really, really fun, which is hilarious that it's supposed to be Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Totally. totally. Um, so, well, why don't so this movie uh, stars Lori Loughlin um, and Bruce Campbell, who I've never seen in a movie that isn't Evil Dead or a cameo <laughs> in, in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies. Um, and he was he was pretty good. I mean, all the all the elements seemed to work in this movie for what it was. I mean, it's a TV movie, um, but I thought the acting was good. I thought the directing was really good, yes. but it didn't. I, there was something missing and I couldn't quite figure out that what it was, but if this was just straight based on the true story, then maybe that's why it was maybe didn't elevate it to like, Oh, crazy movie or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. Walk us through. So, uh, Bruce Campbell and Lori Laughlin play Jill and Jeff Erickson. And that is their real names. Um, <laughs> and they are basically a modern day Bonnie and Clyde. Um, they, uh, Bruce Camp, we're just going to call him Bruce. Uh, he, yeah. he, uh, I did not know he had another name until you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff and Jill. Um, 
he struggled uh, with work recently and uh, was a cop for a while and got laid off. Um, and and they, I guess, even though she is like a chemistry professor, um, they decide that they, they need more money and that they just all of a sudden will start robbing banks. Um, and uh, that the movie picks up uh, and, and follows them along their uh, escapades as they rob. Uh, in real life, it was like a total of eight banks. Wow. But I feel like we see at least five in the movie. Yeah, we see a lot of banks being robbed in this movie. <laughs> Most of my notes were another robbery, another, another robbery. (laughs) I was wondering at one point they're like $18,000. And I was like, is that a lot for a bank robbery? I mean, I didn't quite know. It yeah, just didn't like, seem like it was right. like a yeah, crazy, cool. <laughs> I know, cool dude, cool yeah. story, bro. And and uh, wasn't the date on the actual robberies like just like two years before ninety two? Oh, was, yeah, when, I was going to ask. Ninety two is when uh, Special Deputy Marshal Harry A. Bellowmini. Now wait a minute, uh, was shot. Um, so the, I did read that in real life, they, uh, from the eight banks they robbed, they stole $180,000. So if you divide that by 10, you're left with, uh, $18,000. <laughs> Maybe that's what they did. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't quite sure. So yeah, Bruce Campbell an ex cop that they don't really go into why he was fired. Did they? You know, Bradley Whitford, who is the yeah. special agent uh, and the FBI says, you know, you 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 only stayed with the police just because you you couldn't figure it out, you, know? <laughs> you couldn't figure out how it works, right? And and so it sounds like you know he he was in the military, he was a marine, okay. and uh, then goes into uh, being a police officer. I, and I'm and we'll get to the bookstore part. I'm a little yeah. confused about the story. We'll get there Good. in a second. But the but he was a cop, uh, and now he's not. And uh, he has a, he carries a lot of regret about that. I, I feel right. So um, there was a line in the movie uh, t- where um, it's the scene where they're having the picnic in their backyard with the neighbors, right? And he's talking about um, his police career, and he said that he felt guilty arresting people. Um, and oh. that's, that's why he couldn't be a cop. Oh, that's right, because now he was the powerful one, and he felt guilty about right, right, that power, and that's. A detail that's straight out of the true story. He was a cop, and he the same thing. He gave that excuse of why he he couldn't be a cop. Wow, that's a fascinating reason, like a psychological <laughs> right. breakdown of that power balance and stuff like that. Oh, crazy! So there also is. Um, so we mentioned Lori Loughlin and Bruce uh, Campbell and Bradley Whitford, who are the three main characters. Uh, Bradley Whitford has a partner at the police station. I don't know her name either. The blonde lady. Who on all of these people, like when you look at their IMDb, have worked forever, and they're like the there's a lot of like hey that guy type of people in this movie. But she was just in Malignant, and I'm not oh. sure it. I'm not sure which character she was in Malignant. I'm guessing one of the older, um, maybe the mom or something like that. But I thought that was funny that just as recently she was in in that. But also, um, oh no, I gotta find it. One of our favorite actors in this movie again, and that is Russ Fast. Who every time we bring it up, we all go, Who? 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 <laughs> but this time I was able to spot him. At the very end, he uh, is the, the attorney, attorney that is um de- trying is defending Bruce Campbell. So here's the list of movies we've done of his so far. So payback in the line of in the line of duty, Blaze of Glory, which is this one. 
uh, the temp, Dr. Giggles, duplicates, uh, breaking in the haunting of Sarah, Har- Sarah Hardy, the last innocent man. Uh, and that's all the ones we've done so far. So this was, um, or the second to the last credit he had payback. The Mary Tyler Moore one was his, his last credit in 97. So we are going through Russ fasts, uh, IMDb credits at record speed. Um, so yeah, uh, Lori Loughlin in this movie is some sort of scientist. We see her in a lab and she seems to be very confident and kind of in charge of some of the things in the lab and and she's working on getting a grant from somewhere. She's um and they so they don't really show or did they the first no because this movie starts like mid mid scene that we weren't introduced to and all this stuff is happening and so do we ever see them really discuss robbing a bank for the first time i feel like we're just shown that that's no. what they've already yeah. been doing yeah, it, it, the movie starts with them basically going doing into because that was weird because both of them seem capable and like we find out he's in some debt and stuff like that and but she seems capable enough to be like if we wait a year i'll be professor of you know whatever at the prestigious college or whatever which so it was very strange to not have any backstory going into it we're just kind of dumped into them mid mid thing speaking of the movie starting uh do you remember uh the the first location we get right off the bat yeah i'm well looking at it now it looks like reed college and then the world trade center yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a really cool location that i'm surprised we haven't come across it's the sky bridge at the world yeah. trade center yeah that was neat and he stands outside um and then we um so sh- that's the first scene is that Lori laughlin picks up bruce campbell from the world trade center for some reason he puts on this ridiculous fake i first when they they took out that beard i was like i wasn't sure if we were supposed to buy it as a real beard and i was like oh no oh dear but that's that's part of the thing is that of course it's a ridiculous a ridiculous fake beard and they just go and rob a bank and then he goes to get in his getaway car and comes out of the Omsi parking lot. Right. Which was pretty great. <laughs> he yeah. just robbed Omsi. Yeah. None of the none of the locations match up make any at, at all. But each individual like they go through dark cells and they go through the and just all these locations that aren't close to each other. But in this fictional universe of chicago uh it, it makes so they have fantastic they have quite a car chase through mostly like kind of down water east east water street east side uh, esplanade and water street yeah and it's like up and down some of the bike ramps that go onto yeah. the freeway like it was really cool and then so it's like this three or four minute car chase and then he like finally gets to his destination back where he started at omzi <laughs> exactly in the omzi parking lot totally so that, but, but as part of that um they so they rob the bank they get away Lori laughlin picks them up and they go to drive back to their house and bruce campbell's in the passenger seat looking at the money and he's kind of pawn through it and then the die pack explodes and like so everyone's like oh no and every single bill is destroyed <laughs> and so they start freaking out and have the conversation this is all happening. It's like a two or three minute scene on the Hawthorne, like as they're driving across the Hawthorne Bridge. <laughs> it, w- it was a comic not, 
comically long version of the Hawthorne Bridge. I mean, that was the hunted version of the. Of yeah, this is not the first time we've seen that trick. Oh, <laughs> uh, so that really made me they laugh because like, it was did their so... taxes. They talked about like their family history. They they looked through money. The die pack exploded. They made a new plan, and they're then they were like halfway across the bridge, and like it was. It was hilarious. Oh, that is so funny. There's also uh, a woman. She played the bank teller in the very beginning that has um, dark, very curly hair. And she looks so familiar to me. And I mean, it turns out that she's been in in quite a bit around Portland. She's been in um, like the librarians of Grim Portlandia and what else? Halloween Town and Total Reality she was in. Um but she must also look exactly like someone else because in, in this movie particularly, um, she reminded me of someone else. But like I said, all the, I thought all the acting, all the acting was really great. It was, um, you know, who else is in this movie? Who? Old man Carter. Old man Carter. From, uh, um, Harvest of Fear. Yes. From Harvest of Fear. (gasps) Really? Yes. Oh, wow. There are a lot of good, um, Good Portland uh, in the supporting parts. A lot of a really yeah. good Portland actors in this too. I mean, you had to go all the way up to like uh, Bruce Campbell and Laurie Laughlin before you uh, got people who were real actors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the guy who played the police officer's father, the cop yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, did you ever watch uh, Bushwhacked with? Uh, um, <laughs> Oh, what's uh, Daniel Stern? No, oh. I can picture the VHS cover though. Yeah, Daniel Stern um, uh, plays a convict who takes control of a Boy Scout uh, troop in the woods. Oh, right, right, right. That was like on the heels of Home Alone, where yeah, they were trying yeah, yeah, to yeah. capitalize. And and Brad Sullivan plays the uh, cop who's chasing them. Oh, funny. Yeah, he's a total. Hey, that's got it's that guy. So he plays the father of Bradley Whitford, who is the main, the main detective in this case, and he's kind of maybe dealing with dementia a little bit. There's there's a lot of uh, side stories going on in this movie about mental health. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we have uh, Bradley Whitford's dad is, uh, is having issues with dementia. Uh, well, you, it, well, dad, he's no longer alive and you're not working there anymore. And, those things happened 20 years ago, yeah. you know, uh, but then ultimately like he comes up with the solution and, and you know, his brain's working fine. But then Lori Laughlin, I mean, do we want to talk about her, her <sighs> mental health? Yeah. Why don't you? <laughs> so she, yeah. Uh, well, she's diagnosed with manic depressive uh, disorder and, and it's, comically exaggerated in, in several scenes where uh you know she's laying in the couch and you know contemplating suicide kind of stuff and then the next day she is furiously manically scrubbing the car at two in the morning <laughs> uh and then you know the other night she's Exercising I was super fast, say, that and, was the and first... I'm making the plans to do the thing, and we've got to do all the. We have so many bank heists to do. Let me. Pl- blah, 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 I blah, just. Blah. I just pulled that. So that's the first hint we get. We just see her Norm being a, like a capable whatever at work, and then it's like nighttime, and you hear this. She's riding one of those. What do you call it? It's like the old exercise bike <laughs> where you pull the handlebars down towards you, and your and the pelvis and the kind seat, of meets in the yeah, middle. The seat, the seat rises, rises up. up. Yeah. 
So she is frantically riding that thing. Jill, come to bed. No, I can't. I have too much energy. I've got to work it off. Will you listen to that at oh, sorry, 1.4 no. speed? That is, yeah. <laughs> sorry, that was a little too fast. That's what it felt like, though. There are 11 branch banks in Chicago near an expressway. There's no need to hit the same municipality twice. You know what else? We're too conspicuous. We need to get one of those, uh, what do you call it, uh, utility vehicles. We also need to get two getaway cars. It'll just double our ability to lose the police if they're on a trail. Okay. I- yeah, so there's lots of those manic elements. And then, like you said, like then she'll just be kind of staring off into space and being like, what does it all mean? Or whatever, right. depression and stuff like that. And, you know, the first time <clears throat> that we met, you know, I was I was about to take my own life. And yeah. you saved me. Yeah. yeah. And, and, my, and then so she gets committed for a month into a... OHSU into OHSU <laughs> to deal with her manic depressive uh, disorder. And she, as part of her group therapy, they, uh, well, my group says that I'm, you know, uh, you're toxic uh, to you're Bruce toxic, Campbell. Right. And, um, and, and codependent basically. She never uses those words, but yeah. I, I'm dependent on you and you control me and everything. So I think it's ready for, it's time for me to leave here and let's go back to Robin Banks. No, it's different than that. So yeah, she, she she gets committed. Oh, oh, that was the, it wasn't that time that she left, right? I, I, I think so. So, Yeah, she, she gets committed and, and, um, she doesn't see him for like a week. We're not really given a whole lot of time, but she doesn't see him. And so you see him come back to the hospital for a visitation and they're walking around and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm really, really feeling good. And. I think I'm really making some progress. And he's like, Oh, okay. And she's like, yeah. And you know, my group was concerned that maybe, you know, you had a little too much control over me or maybe that was unhealthy. She didn't say unhealthy, but you know, maybe that. And he's like, Oh, well, I don't think you should be here anymore. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I don't think I should be here anymore either. (laughs) Come on. So then, and I wasn't clear if she decided to leave then or what the time. The 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 last words that she says is like, maybe it's time for me to leave. And the next frame is them in doing the next heist. Okay, and so it's it's implied that she definitely checked herself out at that at that time. Okay, okay. So Wikipedia says about Jill uh, that she entered a hospital with alcoholism and was diagnosed with manic depression. Uh, doctors found she was in the early stages of schizophrenia and was oh, prescribed wow. Prozac. Oh, wow. Well, how, how are, well, I, I guess we'll jump to the end. How are they doing now? Are they in prison? Are they dead? Are they, what's going on? Did you not uh, watch oh, wait, the yes, movie time? Sorry. <laughs> Did you not finish the movie? That is exactly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this movie they're, wasn't only 20 minutes long. They're doing fine. <laughs> they're doing <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess, uh, I, guess I, I did forget that. I just got excited that it was a story. Go on. And then? And then? I would watch that movie. Well, actually, Mark, Todd could watch that movie because uh, this is a good time for me to let you know that they, um, before a year before this movie, they made another movie what? based on this story. No. And it was called Normal Life, and it was made for HBO, um, and it stars um, uh, Luke Perry and Ashley Judd. Whoa. Where, oh, that's an interesting... Where was it filmed? <laughs> Please, uh, it was for... That, <laughs> that would be I really wish. Uh, no, it was filmed uh, on location where a lot of the actual places where it took place. 
but wow. Chicago, Illinois. But that one, uh, reading the synopsis, it doesn't sound as accurate in terms of the details, uh, and the characters aren't even called the right names. Hmm. Interesting. So, do we know? Um, where this air what channel is aired on or just we just know it's a tv movie i think it was nbc okay so a network there was like i uh we mentioned at the beginning the directing of it um i think when i was when i'm still trying to figure out why this movie isn't as successful as maybe it could have been i don't think it was bad directing because like i just don't think there's a lot going on and like when I was responding to the directing, like I'm looking back at it now and there's like a lot of the Michael Bay spin around as people are, two people are talking, you know, moving the camera in a circle around them. And I'm like, oh, it feels like something is happening, but there's really not a lot going on. So that was, um, oh, here's a, here's a clip of, of Bradley Woodford talking to his dad. Oh, somewhere here. Okay, well, nothing's working over here, so never mind. <laughs> Should we talk more locations? Yes, let us do that since this is not working. So many oh. locations. Who wants to start? Well, we already talked about OMSI. We, we got OMSI. Um, so, well, OMSI and, and, and the kind of water, is that's the street that goes past there, right? Water, water. water Street. Yeah. Yep. Um, we were also back in the Northwest Park blocks where there was yep. another inexplicable bank that was robbed. Yes. <laughs> which was the Federal House. I think that um, her, her chemistry laboratory is Reed College. Yep. Oh, okay. When they, they had a very fast, well, and again, it could have been, I guess, because it was on 1.4 speed when I was watching it the second time. Um, car chase through uh westmoreland did it look like when they 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 just robbed another bank or no maybe it was after they got caught their um spare car got they got caught and lori laughlin was fleeing them and they had that really fast car chase through what looked like westmoreland um yeah i don't i don't i know that, it's yeah, like it a big a white house yeah right. it looked like around maybe yeah. reed yeah college probably yeah down down by um the Woodstock neighborhood. Yeah. I did like how they set dressed even some of the streets. Cause one of them that looked like it was downtown, it was Broadway, probably downtown as kind of like a, a busy Chicago street. Uh, they had a, a stand up thing outside one of the stores. that was like Chicago Tribune available here. And on the phone booth, it said Illinois bell on it instead of Pacific <laughs> bell. Nice. I was like, they're really selling they're, this. They're they had a lot to... of extras. And yeah, there was, there was one clip where they uh, were, Op, the officers came to uh, look at the bank afterwards and in the background on the building you could see Bay News Inc which yeah. was a uh, a building in the Northwest Industrial Area. Okay, that's what uh, I thought. That closed, that Bay News Inc closed in 2000. Oh wow. And so uh, the time worked. Uh, the sign worked was so huge. Too. I'm like, either this is an accident or <laughs> yeah. it's on per. It's not no, like. <laughs> it's, it, and so I, I tried to find that view from the building. It doesn't look like that building's there anymore. So okay. I was looking for the, like matching the windows, uh, window style, but I, I couldn't find it, but the area looked right. Yeah. That's um, what I thought too. Lots of under, <clears throat> under the bridge. There's through Saturday market and ye, a lot of, the there's fountain. a lot under, under the, uh, the east side Esplanade area was used a lot. Yeah. And so under the bridges, they're over by Montage and and that area. 
which then uh, magically open a doorway into <laughs> the back of Darcell's. And so they go down. <laughs> Which was a strip club in this universe. Strip club, yeah, yeah. A, a, a straight strip club. Uh, and uh, you saw Darcell's name up in the lights. And, yeah, and, that was neat and, to and see. Everything. And, uh, I, I mean, let's just pause on that for a minute. We have a movie with Bruce Campbell running through Darcell's. Like, that's pretty great. That's pretty cool. A, including the dressing room uh, downstairs, which is real. Like, oh, that's wow. where it is. And, and uh, the, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, noted Oregonian Bruce Campbell for, mm-hmm. for people who may not know. Maybe we can get him on the podcast <laughs> to talk about this movie. Wouldn't that be funny if we invited him to talk only about this movie? <laughs> yes. We refuse Not. to ask any questions yeah. about anything else. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, let's see. We should find okay. his agent and just submit like a media request. And just totally. if we did that and just said that we want to talk about Blazing, like <laughs> if we would get a response. He, he seems kooky enough that he just might. 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 Right. I wonder if he knows who the Unipiper is. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, we were, there was a uh, out by the airport we were at on one of the service road that goes yep. past the airport. Um, they had a beautiful loft. I don't remember where the loft was located, but it was like one of those late nineties, just beautiful old building that just had a completely open floor that somebody, and I think they had a hot tub on that roof in yeah. that thing. Yeah, um, it was like my dream house. One thing that I thought was interesting is they, so that they moved houses. They bought a house once they started robbing some banks and getting some money. Yeah. The place that they moved from was actually pretty cool. It, totally, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was a huge loft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think they wanted to start a family, which was one of their things. I did love at that barbecue again, where they was I'm um, maybe a two or three minute conversation. I think in one, with, one felt like one take of with, spinning around with a violent amount of steady cam work. <laughs> like, I was getting so dizzy as they kept circling this poor, poor barbecue family, these two families and the Steadicam operators like sprinting in circles. Around I know, it, it was hilarious to watch on the fast speed, but he Lee, like if you look at the barbecue, I'm looking at it now. If you look at the barbecue, there's just tongs on it. I, like I, he I set saw, his, his tongue, <laughs> which really made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't quite figure out where their, that house was located, but it was a very, a very nice neighborhood. Oh, we have Cameron's books. Yes. And I'm not sure if it was the same, if it was the actual <clears throat> interior, but we get a nice shot. So that brings up the question. So Bruce Campbell, uh, is no longer working for the police and it seems he's in debt and he doesn't seem to have any other work. And they, and Bradley Woodford is putting together the clues that says that he must work at a place that is closed on Mondays. So let's, let's contact all of those companies. Okay. Go on. (laughs) And so they rob a few banks and then, um, he opens Cameron's Cameron's books, uh, and he's working there. And I couldn't figure out if, Cameron, the bookstore that he owned and operated was then kind of a front or if that was his dream to open a bookstore. I think it might have been both because according to Wikipedia, uh, it says uh, Jeffrey opened a large used bookstore called Best Used Books. Customers were impressed with the excellent condition of the books and Jeffrey's knowledge of the classics. Okay. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, he wasn't so nice to that lady who came in looking for <laughs> what's his name? Dylan Thomas. Dylan. Computer. 
<laughs> yeah, some lady's like, do you have any Dylan Thomas? Uh, I'll, I'll look in the catalog. What, you don't know if you have it or not? I'm not a computer. <laughs> yeah, other locations, Brian? Um, Troutdale Airport makes an appearance. That uh, I knew it was an airport. I was like, that doesn't really exactly look like Pearson Field. It's definitely not PDX. Yeah, uh, there are uh, tail fins in the background. You which can see which, it's an airport. which part was that? Uh, they make a car swap. Oh, I thought of, that was at. I thought that was at PDX. Yeah. That, no. Oh, okay. It wasn't. Uh, but that, that, oh, interesting. Okay. Totally. Um, yeah. Um, they, <laughs> there, there are some like dropped like. Let's let's take this thread and then never mention it again. Like the yeah. Mondays uh, is a thing uh, where you know all of the bank heists are happening on Mondays, and so Bradley Whitford gets like I'm working on a hunch. And didn't is he that get a, a hunch? Hun- Why well, it's just a hunch. And it, like, I think his dad somehow clued him into it. His dad kept insinuating that whoever was doing the bank robberies now was the same person that the dad who was also a police officer had put away in the seventies. Like they kept building it up as like, Oh, it's going to be the same, but it wasn't. So yeah, that was related at all. That was very strange. (laughs) I really liked, uh, when they drove a car up the bicycle ramp onto the East bank Esplanade. That was really, really cool. I mean the car. Yeah. Like I said, every, all the elements felt well done but it was just i guess maybe a little underbaked or maybe it's just the format of television needing commercial breaks or i i couldn't quite put my finger on what was going on did anyone recognize the diner no the I, one that came to kind of a yeah, point I, at the end i i didn't i didn't I, either i wonder if it was in the hollywood district because there was a couple shots in the hollywood district one of the last hotels that they go to mm. was the hotel in Hollywood. I don't know if it's still there or not. It's now all solid green and offices. It's not. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's like not where a hotel the, anymore. Uh, in the Hollywood district, when you're getting on to 84 and there's like the nine streets that like all come together. It's oh, kind of in that. that's, uh, that might be that that's the roadway at, at that intersection. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think it's like two blocks away from that. Okay. Uh, I, uh, but I'm not sure. Because I thought it, it looked could, exactly because I stayed at that hotel when I was looking for a job in Portland in 1998 or whatever. I just missed <laughs> the making Bruce of this Campbell. movie at this ho- at that hotel. <laughs> could have been an extra. Uh, uh, we saw shots of uh, Dan and Louise Oyster Bar and Burbati's. Right. Burbati's, uh, yeah, yeah. And the Green Onion used to be right next to there. Yep, yep. And uh, lots of Skidmore from different different Skidmore sides. Fountain uh, makes like three appearances. They they keep on meeting at the Skidmore and the the colonnade right behind uh, Skidmore Fountain on the other side of the tracks from the Skidmore Fountain. I do like how whenever they need to chill out, they go to like some abandoned barn in the middle of nowhere and and shoot shoot guns. (laughs) Let's have a baby. (laughs) I want to make a family. (laughs) So that was another one of those small details that they uh, was real life that they put into the movie is that he had a gun obsession and he bought when when they raided his home. Eventually they found 38 different guns. Um, and and then there's a scene in the movie where he like gets a new gun and she's like, put your new toy down and subtle without a gun. There's no bank. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really? Because I don't think that's an accurate statement. So Lori Laughlin for most of this movie is, um, 
like Jesse Spano in the Saved by the Bell episode where she gets addicted to caffeine pills. <laughs> she's like exercise. She's like talking fast. She's like totally just freaking out all the time. Um, there was also a scene after one of the robberies where they were going to meet up. Things go terribly wrong when Bruce Camp. So Bruce Camber, the way he's been doing it is he has been um, hot wiring cars off the street, using those to drive to the bank and escaping and then meeting up somewhere else with Lori Laughlin, where they then drive away in their own car, right? Correct. And which reminds me of another um, location, which is the um, Stern Wheeler. Yeah, um, that's what I was just going to. Yeah. Uh, and so she's waiting at the Stern Wheeler. And uh, on the way to the bank, what happens? So he is getting into one of the cars that he hotwired, uh, which had no um, no registration or no the stickers were invalid or whatever. And so he, he gets pulled over by this um, police officer and what looks to be like a trainee on her first day. She's training to be a dispatcher. And so, uh, and so she wanted to get the feel for what it's like to be a cop that she would be dispatching. So she has no police experience whatsoever. She's just a trainee to be a dispatcher. And so she's, uh, way out of her depth. Uh, and, uh, and then, so they, those two pull over Bruce Campbell, uh, who, is inexplicably wearing the crazy beard <laughs> on the way to the bank. He did drive everywhere with the with beard, the beard on. on. He's walking down the street with the beard on. He's like, okay, man, maybe I'll take it off now. Like put that on at the last second, you doofus. And, uh, and so Bruce Campbell just grabs his assault rifle and commences shooting. Um, yeah, they did. They and so yeah, we see him shoot at this officer and like through the window, and the officer gets shot, and this poor trainee girl is like screaming her head <laughs> off, and it's like. But, but then there's like one line of dialogue later where they're like, "He's in intensive care" or something like that. Right. So I don't know if if that officer ended up dying or did not. Did he die? But, yeah, let's uh, let's they ask did. Wikipedia um, to do. Uh, but yeah, that's Dr. when we get Lex, uh, Doctor. Um, Dr. Lecter. No, the officer. Yeah, here's that cafe that comes officer to. Officer Dixon. Officer Dixon. And that cafe comes to a point, and I thought maybe that was somewhere in the Hollywood district, too. Like, it looks like somebody should be making donuts there or something like that. Wow. It uh, Wikipedia does not say whether he died. It says, um, oh, wow. rookie police dispatcher. Uh, oh, it was a it was a guy dispatcher. Uh, they changed it to a lady uh, who was it's riding very, along, was uninjured. Um, it just says that, um, he was shot in the shoulder. Ah. Okay. So hopefully he lived. Probably just a flesh wound. Just a flesh wound. So then they, um, they start getting better at robbing banks. They, um, start shooting out the video cameras and doing stuff like that. And so they're getting high on their own ability to like be better than they talk about that a lot. They're like, Oh, we're unstoppable and doing all that. And then so up till now, Lori Loughlin is just the getaway driver and she's like, I want to be part of the action or whatever. So then they both dress up with the crazy fake beards and they both wear the same clothes and rob another place. But at that place, there's like a cameraman that happened to be in line and gets some video videotape of them and gives that to Bradley Whitford. And that's when uh, Bradley Whitford is, uh, discovers that it wasn't two men. It was a man and a woman because she was shorter. And how he put 
his hand on her back to guide her around. Two men don't do that. I know that was almost going to be, <laughs> that was going to almost be my quote to drop in at the beginning. Was, that would have been pretty two good. Two men too. don't do that. Two men. <laughs> and so then they, they start tracing all the different cars that are used and they say, well, it's, it's only foreign made cars or whatever. So let's have a lookout for all the ones that were uh, reported stolen so they hotwire another car and they leave it on the side of the, they drive it somewhere else and they leave it on the side of the street for two days before their next planned robbery that next day. And I couldn't figure out where this location was either. It was like, it kind of looked like 28th and Ankeny. Okay. Um, by the Coca-Cola bottling plant. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, I could see that. Um, there's, there's a very distinctive, set of windows across the top of the buildings that they're looking at, which also appears uh, at a series of buildings up on uh, Alberta. Uh, but I think you're right. There's more industrial things going on in uh, the video shoot uh, than, than would be up in the Alberta area. Oh, okay. So uh, the Bradley Whitford and his uh, and malignant, go on a stakeout to wait for them to come back to the car. Uh, they come back to the car. Bruce Campbell is, Oh, and then, no. How, well, they, how did they find out that, that it was, yeah. How did the cops was, find out that that car was, was theirs? Oh, there was some sort of domestic disturbance. The only black people we see in the movie, of course, are being hauled away to jail. For, well, there's one that's the FBI chief. Oh, that's true. Right? So there is a black man. That's the FBI. chief. Okay. Every other black man is being hauled away <laughs> by the police. And so the police show up and there's, and they take the one guy off to jail or whatever. And as they're standing there, they see the car that Bruce Campbell left there and they see that there's like a rag or a towel that's kind of draped over the, the uh, steering console. And so they're like, we better run a check on that. Why would someone cover up their steering column with Adele? <laughs> this is what it, what it sounded like to me with a towel. Uh, <laughs> And hello. hello. They just like to be greeted every time they get in the car. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so, of all of the things to do in Portland, what? Well, there was this car. It had a towel on its <laughs> steering wheel. Yeah. Well, it is Let's a, a it is a, a neighborhood one. full of minorities, so it's they're true. really looking for any excuse for anything. Uh, <laughs> so the yeah, 90s. then they they stake out the car and they come back. And just as Bruce Campbell is getting into the car, they pop out and start arresting him. In the meantime, Lori Loughlin is still in the drop-off car and like looking behind. And instead of just like subtly driving away, Bruce Campbell just starts screaming, Run! Run! Go! <laughs> Which of course alerts every single person there to the person escaping in that car. Uh, and then we get another car chase, um, and that ends up with Lori Laughlin um, kind of cornered on a dead end street. The police come and surround her. Um, everybody, or the police, pull the guns, trying to tell her to get out of the car. And then we see Lori Laughlin pick up a gun. Um, all the while, Bruce Campbell is in custody in the backseat of a, a, the police car and hearing, you know, on the police scanner what's happening. And then you hear a gunshot. And then we don't really know. The next scene is Bruce Campbell in custody at the FBI Bureau being questioned. Yeah, yeah. which I thought Bradley Whitford was really rude in that scene. Like, because 
Bruce Campbell's like, where's my wife? And they're like, well, you know, you're, you guys are real in trouble or whatever. And he's like, well, tell me what happened to my life, my wife. And he's like, oh, she's dead. And would you like some coffee? I know. And he's like, she's dead. Uh, do you want some coffee? And like leaves the room. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Come on. Can I, can I get you some coffee or food or anything? Or he anything? was so like, and I get that like they're bank robbers, but I mean. Did they tell him at that time that she killed herself? No. Uh, uh, Spoilers. He hints, he, Bradley Woodford <laughs> hints at it. No, because because Bruce Campbell is like, oh. you killed her. And she's like, we didn't, we did we didn't want yeah. to. And we did everything we could. And she, I think he says think he she say shot herself. She took her own life. Yeah. She Or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then we get a courtroom drama at the end, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> quick at the end of our, in the end of our movie. And that, I wish I can find it now. I had it written in my stupid notes, but there are two times this movie says the titular line where someone yeah. like that turns to the camera. He went out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> it's like you hear people cheering. <laughs> you win the movie. You said the title. I wish they had put in the line of duty somehow before <laughs> that. <laughs> That would be all in a day's work in the line of duty. That's right. Yeah. He went out in a blaze of glory. I did kept keep on being disappointed that this, uh, it kept reminding me of the, um, John Bon Jovi song and then of young guns and several times wishing I was listening to that soundtrack and watching young guns. That song came out. There's that song blood money on the young guns Two soundtrack by <laughs> bomb on, which is a fantastic soundtrack by the way. Um, and it's a song about, cause that, that movie's about, uh, Billy the kid and that cha- uh, being chased by Pat Garrett. And that song is sung from the point of Pat Garrett being like, you used to be friends or whatever. And it's an awesome song. But, um, one of the kids was taking care of was in the car and that song came on and it's like, Oh, I love this song. And they go, why I go, it's my favorite song sung from the point of view of Pat Garrett. chasing Billy the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, well, uh, and, courtroom. and courtroom. yes, the courtroom. And then we see, of course, Russ Fast. Maybe I should play a little Russ Fast now that we know who he is. We can indelibly have him on. I don't want to know. Does it, <laughs> you want to remain a mystery that melts it? Oh, this is. Mm. So they tell Bruce Campbell that um, his wife is dead. Bradley Whiffer says, you want some coffee? And is going to storm out. And Bruce Campbell says, let me see her one last time. And so they take him out into... Uh, what I I don't know if they drove to a hospital or if this is still in the police station, but she is just in a hallway under like so on random, a, yeah, on yeah. a gurney under yeah, her. It sheet. looks like the hospital. Uh, <laughs> it should be the the uh, like uh, morgue morgue. You know, yeah. Where, they do that, but uh, the coroner's office. But I thought that yeah, not refrigeration. They just wheel her out, and they they take the they take the sheet down to uncover her face. And for for having taken a bullet to her temple, <laughs> she looks incredible. Not just incredible, isn't she beautiful? Bruce Campbell says, "Is everybody staring at his dead wife yeah, in the middle of a hallway?" Yeah, and, and so there is not a mark on her head. Uh, at, even though she took her own life with a bullet to the temple. Yeah. So then he, um, he's part of a police lineup, which is kind of funny um, because the lady at the beginning with the really curly hair, the bank teller is trying to identify who's, who's the bank robber. And he does this like an acting audition basically. Cause everybody is supposed to say like, everyone get down. This is a robbery. 
And so like three people in the lineup do it. And then Bruce Campbell goes, everybody down. It's a robbery. And then he kind of thinks about it and he puffs himself up and goes, everybody get down. It's a robbery. Just like he did like in the robbery. So that's how he got caught um, by the eyewitness. And then we go to court. So here's a little bit of rest fast. <laughs> what a cluster today has been. <laughs> We watch him reverse at 10 uh, Wow, that, like, Russ is fast. <laughs> and I missed his part. Is that you are unable to identify Mr. Erickson as the man who shot you during a routine traffic stop on November 4th of last year. There's a little bit of Russ fat. And that looks like the actual courtroom, too. Or yeah. the courthouse that they were in. They were inside a lot of different buildings. Yeah. They were inside at OMSI. I felt like they were inside at the... Were they at the courthouse the the one that's on the Northwest Park blocks, or am I confusing that with a different part? I I I know the the building you're talking to is like the old agricultural building or or whatever. Yeah, and I I don't think so. Uh, but I'm, I'm I think sure. I got tricked because then they walked outside and there was all the other buildings, and I think that's right. when it was Omsi. Yeah, it was Omsi all along. So um, sunglasses. So he's on trial. Um. And then on the second day of the trial, we um, the scene opens up with Bradley Whitford and Malignant parking their car under the courthouse and meeting a, a parking parking lot guard who's sitting there, like a, a an elderly an elderly uniformed officer of some sort. Right, he's a retired police officer. Okay, and, and now he's like, the parking lot attendant security. And they get out. They're like, "Hey, Jerry." I'm like, "Uh oh." We're being told a character's name in the last 10 minutes. It's not going to work out very well for Jerry, is it? For sure. Because <laughs> he has a little line about like, things are going great. Two days from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he used to work for Bradley Whitford's dad. Oh, oh and, okay. And okay. so they all knew each other because they all like, grew up together. With I right. learned a lot from him. Well, me too, because I'm his son. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, all that. So. Uh, then they go to court, the court again, and then that's when oh Bruce Campbell sort of freaks out on on Bradley Whitford, saying like you're a liar, you sh- you killed her, you killed her right. uh, about his wife. She didn't take her own life. You guys killed her. Yeah, yeah, and so he gets dragged out of court, and so they're like, oh, you know, court is in recess, and they like hustle Bruce Campbell out of the out of the room. He's wearing handcuffs, and there's like another line of inmates ready to get on the elevator to go down to the parking lot to get a parking garage to get in a bus or something like that. And so he gets grouped in with them and we see him, they're all packed in the elevator. We see him look down at his wrists, which have handcuffs on it. And then we see him look up and like he holds up his hands and he is free. He had smuggled a handcuff key, uh, with him and so he unlocked his handcuffs so that, okay well, that's, well let's put a pin in that <laughs> as they say and so he gets out of his handcuffs he grabs the gun of one of the officers that are in there busts out of the out of the elevator shoots jerry yep uh, um and so jerry goes down bruce campbell's running away Jerry gets back up, makes one heroic last shot and takes Bruce Campbell down, like shot him in the back. Um, And so Bradley Whitford and Malignant come down and are surrounding him and trying to convince him, you know, give it all up. It's, you know, and then so Bruce Campbell then picks up a gun and shoots himself uh, in the parking lot. 
I do think Jerry died, though. Yes. Yeah, okay. he did. So we are given that. I'm going to yeah, go a little Harry, bit forward here. Oh, it was Harry, not yeah. Jerry. Oh, sorry. Special Deputy Marshal Harry A. <laughs> Bellu Omini. <laughs> so Bradley Whitford. Sh- uh, Bruce Campbell is on, is on the ground here and he's slowly raising the gun. This is the climax of the movie. He shoots himself. In a blaze of glory. <laughs> so he walks away. Bradley Whiffer does. Harry Bellamini, the security guard and former Chicago police officer. Oh, now it's too slow. United States Marshal were killed in the line of duty. How Jeff Erickson obtained a handcuff key is still a matter of investigation. However, such keys, which fit almost all brands of handcuffs, are readily available. <laughs> and <then Yeah>. Exciting. <laughs> so not knowing that this was a true story, <laughs> I was furious because we see him look down at his handcuffs one second and then the next second he's free and has a gun the movie ends and it's like we don't know how he got it he just did <laughs> I was like what that doesn't make any sense so now knowing that that's that voiceover is probably even more confusing uh, yeah like, why not, do we even yeah. need this because <laughs> yeah those words are on the screen at the same time and having not had narration at all in this movie up till then was a bold choice to play but oh man i thought that was so funny we don't know how he got him <laughs> stop asking questions uh well whenever <clears throat> what i don't remember who told us this but um whenever you see whenever you have voiceover that's kind of added on or tacked on that means that the screening audience was confused and so it was clearly like the the Everywhere. handcuffs part wasn't <laughs> clarified in the the in the actual in, in everybody the actual, was wondering everybody yeah. was wondering like what and so they they added that on hey <laughs> hey Bradley Whitford we we got you one gotta, more pickup to to do can you read this into your phone and we'll we'll tack this onto the end of the movie before it goes to print oh uh, that is that totally must be yeah. what happened because oh uh, that was so so funny ha huh. so anything else about this movie that like is it worth hunting down. <clears throat> Is it just sort of the same? If if you want to see Portland of the '90s and what it looked like, this is exactly what it looked like. Like, yeah, there's there's more footage of Portland in the '90s than any other movie we've done. Uh, and, and and this was like two years before I moved here, so it was very it was very mm. nostalgic to see yeah. what it was like right when I right when I came here. Yeah. And if you're at all a fan of Bruce Campbell, yeah. like that's a reason to watch. That is or true. Lori Loughlin and or Lori Loughlin. Um, and a lot I know a lot of people listening go to um, comic conventions and stuff like that. And I know Bruce Campbell sometimes shows up at them. So if you show up and you're meeting Bruce Campbell anyway bring up in the line of duty blaze of glory and just see if he remembers it because I don't know how he must not. This seems like the only movie he's made in Portland or has he been in more? I looked and I believe he's been in uh, one other movie in Oregon. Okay. Okay. But in Portland, I think this is it. That's kind of surprising. You'd think he would at least pop up 
here and there, but not really. So yeah, it was fun to see him in a non, uh, non evil dead movie for once. And he did, he did well. And like we said, the acting and directing, all of that was good. It had some, some very mid nineties synthy, like, sting music stings and stuff yeah. like that and all that. so that was kind of enjoyable so yeah i guess i guess it's a soft recommend for yeah. portland at the movies yeah i, I, I mean, gave it a full recommend okay nice nice well it's a full work and probably more enjoyable i guess yes knowing that it's a true story so <laughs> <laughs> yeah ha anything coming up for anyone that needs to say anything <laughs> um um, we we are lame back. people. Oh, we yeah. are. It's kind of it's getting to that time of year where I feel like you just kind of put your head down and like plow through it with holidays and the weather changing and all that stuff. And so, do what you can to stay sane. Um, and if watching in the line of duty, Blaze of Glory does that, then then go ahead, be, be our guest. Do that and check out the other. Go watch the other in the line of duties and let us know how they are. Yeah, this is the last one. Yeah, I'm always up for another podcast. So maybe I'll do an, <laughs> an offshoot of just in the line of duty movies. Hang on, I got a list here of all. Let's see how many there were. One, oh, okay, two, there were ten in total. Wow. wow. I mean, that must have been very successful then, at least up to this point. Dick didn't direct them all, but he definitely directed a fair number. Wow. And I'm trying to remember, well, this must have been, so this was after Full House and all that for Lori Laughlin, So she was already kind of a, kind of a star, but not doing much at the time. So I guess that's how she ended up in this movie. Um, that's it. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I should, See this, you next this, month. This podcast is ending just as abruptly as <laughs> as the movie. I'll have to come in with a <laughs> narration. Todd Nobody, went home after the recording, <laughs> stopping to get some diet coke. Nobody knows why he suddenly stopped talking, and the podcast was over. Uh, listen to Fun Employment Radio. Uh, go check out their merch. They've got some new merch out uh, that looks really cool. You can get yourself a dog damp bandana or a baby onesie uh, with the Fun Employment logo on it. So check them out. Listen to them. Uh, Sarah Grader on every day. Uh, Geek of the City is also on every week. So check them out. Uh, I will take you out with uh, whatever music is over the end credits. Thank you. Bye.